Forge FC is ready for their upcoming match. Simply stunning stuff. And finally, their goal. My word, what a rocket. Now, let's get you up to date with Anthony Urcioli and Match Day Preview on the Forge Audio Network. Hey, Forge fans, it's the Forge Audio Network. I'm Anthony Urcioli. Match Day Preview, a special Canadian Championship edition the quarterfinal going down at Tim Hortons Field Tuesday night in Hamilton, Atletico Ottawa, the newish rivals for Forage FC after the two battle that last season, Ottawa winning the regular season title, Forge winning the CPL title in Ottawa in that uh, in that final. So there's 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 a lot of history in a very short time between these two sides and the next chapter of this will be written within the confines of the Canadian Championship Forge coming off a one nothing win at York Forge right now. Uh, depending on how the rest of the games play out over the weekend, Forge in top spot in the CPL table. The notoriously slow starters um, off to a really good start, which only means bad things for the rest of the league because Forge isn't playing catch up right now. They're 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 setting the pace. So Forge in a good spot. Atletico Ottawa. Almost at the complete, well, I mean, actually, literally at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. At the bottom of the table, um, only two goals through their first three matches. They're scoring at an, their goal conversion rate is 8.33%. In contrast, Forge's shooting percentage, a little over 50. So, two teams going in opposite directions. And two teams built very differently as well. We remember the Ottawa of last season the defensive squad, they play tight, they play that low block, and then they try to beat you on the counter. The issue this season with the Let It Go Ottawa is they just don't quite have the same players. I mean, they lost a handful of guys. They're just not, not able to link up the two sides of their games. The, the defending to the counter, just that transition game isn't there because, uh, well, quite frankly, the players just haven't been there. It's early, but so far, we're looking at two clubs on the complete opposite end of the spectrum here. The winner of this quarterfinal, by the way, will move on to play either Toronto FC or CF Montreal. So the reward for winning this match will be a date with an MLS club in the Canadian Championship semifinal. And you know Forge and Forge fans want another crack at both of those clubs. So whoever wins, regardless, um, comes so close. Okay, regardless, we got to get through Ottawa first. That's Tuesday night at Tim Hortons Field. We're talking Ottawa, and so, of course, we're going to bring in one of our all-time favorite guests, Gordon Smith, color analyst for Atletico Ottawa on TSN 1200, and he is the exact kind of people we need in this league. Lifelong soccer fan, um, came to Canada, lived in a bunch of different places. He has a different appreciation for the sport, for the country. Um, for, for the growth of the sport in this country, and he joins us now. You know, it's um, last year, we, we know this rivalry that kind of built up between Ottawa and Forge, and we're familiar with that Ottawa club from, from last year. They had a very distinct style of play. How does last year's Ottawa compare to, to this season, even though we're, we're very early? And I do want to, by the way, throw out there, we are recording this before Ottawa's match, Um I guess, league match going into that Canadian Tonight, championship tie. Yes. Yeah. yes. And I want to throw that out there in case people are listening and going, well, Gordon, he's missing all these points. But yeah, so th- that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but we are and recording if, this ahead of time. 
And of course, after Forge won last night, which is which was a big win, it puts them at the top of the CPL as well. So, I mean, obviously, CPL teams as a whole, Anthony, as you know, there tends to be turnover in some cases, you know, two starters, four starters, some cases even five or six starters. And that really does take away from the chemistry. When you look at the success this team had last season, I mean, from the back, you've lost through Becky. From holding midfielder, you've lost Sissoko. From wide on the right, you've lost Tabla. And up front, Brian Wright has moved on to York. So there are four very, very major pieces of this Atletico Ottawa team that, that won the regular season last year and, as we discussed, lost in the final to Forge. And, and, and I don't think quite right now they've been replaced with with like-type players. And I think one of the bigger glaring issues right now is they just don't have that natural six, that natural holding midfielder. So Soko, for my money, was, I mean, as much as he was a veteran and, and an, an older player, was extremely underrated to what he brought to that Ottawa team last year. Not only from a defensive standpoint, where he's able to break down a lot of the play that was coming from the opposition in the middle of the park, but I think he was able to quickly start that counter-attack, get the ball to Oli Bassett, get the ball to Bahus, and allow those players to bring Tabla and, and, and Wright and Malcolm Isaiah Shaw into the play a lot quicker. So... They're big losses for me, and I think right now this team is just struggling a little bit with consistency, with the chemistry, to get things right. I mean, after tonight's game, I know it's early doors, and and you know we're only four games in, but that's a seventh of the season gone. I mean, when you look at it, you know that's a, a one seventh segment that, depending on how results go tonight, if you happen to lose, you've only got two out of twelve points, and that's not a very good return at all for the defending regular season champions. You mentioned holding midfielder, and it's one of those positions that gets overlooked and maybe underappreciated at times because mm-hmm. it's not the most flashiest of positions. But it is that linchpin um, in, in whether you're trying to build or, or as part of your attack with Forge, you know, Hojab Rapport is there, Ashinyoti Janssen can step in. So there's some depth. But you bring up a, a good point. It, it's it, it kind of it just holds things together. It's just it's it's again, it's just a very overlooked position at times, mm-hmm. but a, a crucial one. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And I mean, it can control the flow of the game. It can, it can help control momentum. It can break up, as we said, the opposition's attacks. And I think, you know, they've tried a couple of different players. Uh, you know, Noah Verhoeven has, has started in that first game against Halifax as a holding midfielder. I think later on he got pushed into attack. Miguel Acosta played holding midfielder last week against York. And, and, and I, I don't think, neither, certainly not Acosta. He's more of a right back or a, a right side of a back three. I think Noah's probably far more comfortable playing as an 8 or a 10. When he's asked to play that 6, I don't think the natural flow of his game is allowed to happen. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a long time until we get to the transfer window when it can open up again and possibly that shortcoming of a, of a 6 can be addressed. And I'm not sure if there may have been one or two players lined up in the off-season that fell through at the last minute, I, I don't know, I'm not privy to any of that what Fernando Lopez goes through. But the fact of the matter is this team is struggling a little bit in midfield because of the chopping and changing right now with the movement of the six. You've got four or five quality players. We saw Zach Verhoeven came on in the second half last week against York, along with Malcolm Shaw, and really turned the game a little bit. Just couldn't get that, that tying goal. But... The fact of the matter is you've got two points after nine, uh, two points out of nine after three games. 
And there has to be a slight amount of concern that right now, even this early in the season, you're propping up the CPL uh, after the tremendous success that, that Atletico had last year. You mentioned that success, and, and I was in Ottawa for the final last year, and the support, the fans, um, you know, it, it really caught on. They were fully behind this club, and their success during the regular season had a was a big reason for that. How has that carried over into this season? Has the momentum been able to shift? Uh, you'll always have that fan culture from the supporters groups. I mean, we, we know week in, week out that the dub's going to be there and they're making the noise and they're bringing the colour and they're bringing the energy and the excitement. And of course, at some point, the team feeds off of that. It, it's it's the casual fan that you, you need to try and attract to the game. Yes, we had just under 15,000 at the final, but it, it was a final. It, it was a chance to win a national championship. And unfortunately, it fell just a bit short. So the amount of people that we had out there that night was was tremendous. But I think for opening opening season, the opening game against Halifax, there was, I believe, just over 7,000. It was one of those pay-as-you-want pay type scenarios. So you could pay $5, you could pay $50, whatever you wanted when you for your ticket or when you came in. I think the last game against York, it was just around three or three thirty-five hundred, possibly. So a bit of a dip, you know, a fifty percent loss. But I think as the the better weather comes, Anthony, and and the league, you know, the team gets a little bit more consistent, they start to pick up points, they start to pick up wins. I think that'll come. And if if we're able to average, let's say, about you know forty-five hundred to five Halifax level, we we all know the success story that's going out in the East Coast right now from a, an attendance standpoint, but. You're certainly hoping that some of the other numbers over the, the, the course of the season pick up. And I'm certainly sure with, you know, a few factors thrown in over the next few months that that will take place here in Ottawa. Is it tough to attract a, a casual fan when you play maybe more of a defensive style and goals are hard to come by, um, especially in this country where, you know, let's face it, we're used to, to hockey, we're used to football. Scoring mm -hmm. is such, mm -hmm. you know, there's such a an emphasis on scoring and I mean, sometimes it just can't be done based on on which players are out there and the type of team you have. So yeah. does that make it a little more difficult just with the style that Ottawa plays? And it's out of necessity, I would think, at this point. Yeah, I think one of the things that you look at is that the casual fan, in all honesty, doesn't know the in, the intricacies and the minutia of the game. You know, they don't understand tactics. And that's fine. It's like in some cases... I don't understand Canadian football when I'm watching and, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And, mm -hmm. and I'm here, my, my, my co-host, uh, AJ Jakubek, who commentates on the Red Blacks and his color commentator, Jeff Avery, talking about coverages. And I've not got a clue. I would say I'm a little bit more than a casual fan when it comes to the Red Blacks, but that must be what it's like for a casual mm -hmm. fan coming to an Atletico game. They see the color, they see the noise, they see the excitement. And they're here to see what it's all about, but they don't really understand, you know, what a four-five-one benefit brings, or what a four-three-three, or what a, a wing-back does, or, or you know, things or a team playing a high line. All those little bibs and bobs really don't make any difference when the casual fan is coming out because they just want to be entertained. And yes, defensive football, unfortunately, sometimes, as we know, isn't as entertaining as a four-three game. We get that. We all understand that. But at the same time, the remit of Coach Gonzalez is to win. Mm -hmm. And in order for him to win, I'm, I'm assuming he feels that the identity of this club is a defensive, well-defensive-minded structure, hitting on the counter-attack, 
and, and, and trying to win matches that way. Because it is a very good counter-attack when it, when it operates well. When an opposition team can shut it down, like we saw Fords last year doing the final, you've got to rely on plan B, and it's how successful plan B can become is going to make the difference whether you're going to be in a playoff spot, top five playoff spot, uh, come sometime in October. It's interesting because, Gordon, I mean, in your role with, with the club, you know, you're doing color commentary, um, you're on the radio, you're doing, you know, things like this mm-hmm. with podcasts, and you don't want to alienate the, the the hardcore fans, the supporters, and talk down to them. But you also want to help the casual fans, or even the little, even if they're a little more than casual and don't understand the intricacies. How do you kind of mm-hmm. reconcile that? How do you kind of play the middle there a little bit where you don't want to talk down, but you also want to help educate? How, how do you find that line? Because I struggle with it too at times. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a talk down to anyone, Anthony. I think it's more of a both both can exist in the same the same scenario because you do have an opportunity. It's like any classroom across the country these days. You've got kids that pick up stuff right away mm-hmm. and they get it and, and they're able to to progress at a, a higher rate than possibly someone who's struggling and might need to get, you know, some extra help behind, you know, after school and things along those lines. So it's the exact same with the, with, with the crowd. You do have your, your your hardcores that are live and die with the team on a daily, regular basis. And you've got, as we said, the others that are coming and looking to be entertained. And from an entertainment standpoint, nothing beats winning. We, we all know that. Whether whether it's a one nothing win on a last-minute goal, everybody goes home happy. If you lose one nothing after you conceded in the first five minutes and you don't really create much for the rest of the 85, you might look at that as, well, I wasn't really entertained. So it's a fine line mm-hmm. at this level because, again, it's a results-based business. Uh, we've seen people lose their jobs. We've seen players, fortunately, that fine line between you know, winning and entertaining, if you're able to find a perfect balance, then you, you, you've, you've done that job to make sure that both sets of supporters, the hardcores and the casual, are entertained enough to want to come back for the next match. Yeah, it's an interesting ride too. just, you know, you've been following the, the sport for your entire life, it, it seems, and you're in Ottawa and you kind of, you have this expansion club and it's interesting just kind of growing with the club and growing with the fans and being part of something that's building. Mm-hmm. And, and that in itself yeah. is kind of exciting, especially it's, you know, for yourself, I don't know if this is something you could have predicted, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, you know, when the Fury started in 2014, there was there was the same initial surge of, oh my goodness, we've, we've got a professional football club here. Now, is it the same level as what we're at right now with, with the CPL? Probably not. USL was second tier of of the American ladder and you're sort of looking at it saying, well, you know, it'd be nice if we had our own league. And now there is an opportunity for our own league and we're looking at, you know, a game on Tuesday night where the winner of that game between Ottawa and Ford will end up playing the winner of Montreal and, and Toronto in the next round. And that, who, who would have thought that? Certainly when the Fury were around, we had, we played you know, teams, and we actually won, I think it was 2019, we defeated an MLS club here in Ottawa. We ended up getting beat rather handily in the second leg and getting knocked out. But we had that back in 2014. And then I think the lack of success and some player turnover and coaches turnover, I think the even the hardcore fan was kind of turned off a little bit as to how it ended the last year or two for Ottawa. And now we've got this tremendous surge of 
city pride and i'm sure all cities across canada that have cpl teams and that wish to have cpl teams are looking at the same scenario and saying you know we just can't wait whether it's you know saskatoon or some place in quebec or some you know down down the the 401 corridor doesn't make any difference the fact of the matter is you have that initial surge of pride initial surge of this is something of our own now that we can build on and fan culture is so important you see at a hockey game yes you know we get the fact that you know the leafs can can sell out the building or the senators these days are selling out the building but it's just so expensive the the sport of watching hockey as much as it's built into to canadian uh, culture it's very very expensive to watch a game whereas you can go to a cpl game anthony you know for a family of four 75 to 100 to get in and at least get yourself some popcorn and a drink so mm -hmm. it's definitely value for money over the course of the year all across this country and the more teams that are fighting for a playoff spot when you get to october the better it's going to be so we have seen it here in ottawa before it's it's at a real crest right now when we just hope it continues and the more success this team does have obviously the better it's going to translate to, to bums in the seats if you want absolutely gordon smith uh analyst for atletico ottawa on tsn 1200 in ottawa gordon it's uh, always a pleasure i feel like I, I feel smarter just just having spoken to you about, about the sport <laughs> um so i always appreciate your time thank you cheers anthony my pleasure as always and uh i'm sure hopefully we got a chance to do this a few more times Gordon Smith, and I, I, I mean it. I, I feel, I, I feel like I learn so much just in all it takes is like a 10, 15 minute conversation. And I, I'm walking around like I'm, like I'm five, seven. That's an inch taller than I already am. Let's get to the three keys because Forge, they want this. They're at home. Ottawa's not in great form. A short week, even shorter week than Forge because Forge played Friday, then Tuesday. Ottawa played Saturday. Then Tuesday, plus Ottawa has to travel in between. You know, Forge was just at York, so it's a quick drive back home. And now, the three keys to the match for Forge FC as they look to advance to the Canadian Championship semifinal. Key number one for Forge. Keep them guessing. Every match, every time Forge steps on the field, they've had a different look. Different lineup, different formation little tweaks to the, the tactics and the way they want to attack the best in sports. We get a little too, too hung up on, on continuity and in a sense that, well, we got to keep things the same so the players can, you know, get used to playing their position and used to playing with each other. Forge has had this, this core squad for a number of years. The continuity's there. The consistency's there. They're training together. The versatility, you have guys that are playing in multiple positions. This club is able to adjust regardless of how they line up and how they approach the game. They're able to throw something. They don't They don't need this, this the same thing every game. The versatility is there as a key for Forge FC. Use that to your advantage. Keep them guessing. Line up, throw something different at them. This team is impossible to prepare for. Because they can beat you in so many different ways. They can line up in different ways. These players, they're, they're such veteran players. They're used to this tactical demand. Many of them have played under Bobby Smirniotis for a long time now. Um, this is just this is part of their strength. Keep them guessing, key number one. Key number two falls in with key number one here. 
Key number two, dominate with depth. Part of that versatility, I mean, here's the reality. If you're, you are playing against Forge, every player you line up against and you see, you know that there's a player behind them sitting on the bench that could come in for them and Forge would not miss a beat, not miss a step, and they could play the exact same way. That is so difficult for an opponent. If you're Forge, you have that depth. You can spread around those minutes. You can bring fresh legs on. You don't have to make any big adjustments to, to your to your approach, regardless of which player is in there. Dominate with depth like only and quite literally only Forge FC can do in the CPL. Key number three for Forge FC. Let it rip. This club is their shooting percent. It's over 50%. Ottawa, on the complete opposite end of that, they're struggling. Also, and I found this interesting, Ottawa is dead last in the league in tackles one. Now, we know they defend. There's a passive way that they defend. If they're going to play that way, let it rip. Take some shots. Take a chance from distance. Challenge them. Let them know. Let them know that you're not afraid. If they're going to give you space, you're going to take it. And... You, this is how you get your second chances, you get your deflections, you get your rebounds. Adds even more chaos to a club, an Atletico Ottawa, who they want to be able to defend and be comfortable in the way they defend. They want to be able to sit, read the play. When you start firing, when you start letting it rip, it just it, it completely throws things off. It changes things. Now you, you now you have to react. And just th- this is how big this is how big that discrepancy is. Ottawa's dead last in tackles one. Forge is second last in tackles one, but Forge has the ball all the time. They're always on the attack. They're not, they don't have as many opportunities to win those tackles. Ottawa, very different. They give up possession. They sit back. The fact that they're ranked so low in tackles one, it's not a good recipe for a club that wants to defend and they know they're not going to have the ball as much, especially on the road at Forge. Uh, you're expecting Forge to dominate the, the possession game and Ottawa's not going to be able to keep up. And if they can't win their tackles and win their challenges and you're Forge, let it rip. That's key number three. Tuesday is the, it's, it, it's, it's the night to Morton's field. The setting Forge FC, Atletico Ottawa, quarterfinal Canadian championship win. And you move on to play either Toronto FC or CF Montreal. Oh, plenty at stake. You can be there live. I'll be there. So we'll see you. Forge FC is prepared, and now you are informed. This has been Match Day Preview with Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.